Hello and welcome. This is a podcast of ukraineworld.org, a website in English about Ukraine. My name is Volodymyr Yermolenko, editor-in-chief of ukraineworld.org. We are continuing to raise the issue of Ukrainian prisoners of Kremlin. Despite several exchanges that took place between Ukraine and Russia under President Zelensky, there is a hundred more people still in prisons of Russia and occupied Crimea, and perhaps a few hundreds of prisoners in occupied territories of Donbass. But today we'll be talking about creative ways to tell the stories of these prisoners to the world and about new technologies that can serve an important social and humanitarian cause. We'll be talking about an application Prisoner's Voice, which will use the technology of virtual reality and augmented reality to give an idea to the user what it is like to be a prisoner of Kremlin today. The application will soon be launched by a project run by Internews Ukraine and supported by Ukrainian Cultural Foundation. And today we'll be talking with Oleksiy Furman, one of the key drivers of the project, Ukrainian visual storyteller, game designer, photographer, author of documentary projects. Good afternoon, Oleksiy. Hi, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks so much for joining us. So can you tell us more about this application? What is it all about? Yeah, sure. So... As we were working on our previous documentary project in virtual reality, Aftermath VR Your Maidan, a story that tells more in immersive ways about the morning of February the 20th, 2014, on Institutska Street in Kiev. So the project was a virtual reality doc where you, as a viewer, put on a headset and you find yourself on Institutska in Kiev and you were able to walk Institutska and learn more about the events of that morning through archival footage, through video interviews that we recorded with um, with the eyewitnesses of that morning. So as we were working on that, I was thinking about possible new projects to continue my interactive storytelling with. And uh, one of the, I guess one of the so the stories that I want to touch upon was the story of the prisoners of conscience, uh, Ukrainians who were, well, illegally imprisoned and kept in Russia. And um, I, I started working on the concept while Oleksandrov and Oleksandr Kolchenko and many, many others were still imprisoned in Russia. And I was thinking of making something like virtual reality project where you would be able as a visitor to visit them because it's, I mean it's so hard to visit them in real life so I wanted to do something where hundreds thousands of people would be able to visit them in in the places where they were kept but fortunately uh, last year exactly last year one year and two days ago they were released uh, a lot of them were released but as you've said a lot of them are still in Russia and uh, when they were released I realized that you know we can actually now record audio interviews with them and learn their stories and then uh, visualize these stories through three-dimensional art and actually you know immerse yours inside their stories immerse the viewers inside the spaces that uh, these people were in and uh, tell their stories in this way. And um, we started working on the um, on the concept together with Internews. And uh, it started off as a virtual reality project. But then because of the COVID, uh, we had to rework a concept a little bit. So uh, what we ended up with, I actually think it benefits the project a lot. So finally, we, um, we came up with the idea of an augmented reality application that 
you know, anybody in the world can download and uh, learn their story. So what happens is uh, you open the app and in just several clicks and maybe, you know, like 10, 15 seconds, the world that these prisoners were in, the scenes that they were part of, they uh, build around you in your living room. And uh, that's amazing. You know, it's the possibility to bring the story to hundreds of people across the globe, thousands of people. I think it is. I remember the day when we first met and you came to Internews Ukraine with your project of augmented virtual reality, a project about Maidan, and how it inspired us because it was giving this emotion, this experience to kind of a immersing into the this experience of Maidan and, and it helped people to feel themselves in, in this reality, in this reality of Maidan revolution in Kiev, 2013-2014, for those who didn't experience that, but also for those who did experience that. So my question would be, what this new technology is giving to us? Is it giving an experience and a capacity or ability to feel something we didn't feel? Is it giving an immersion into an experience? Is it giving a, a way to empathy, to more empathy? What do you think? Well, I think, and a lot of a lot of Western scholars will, would point the, with this out. It's, it's that we we sort of went from storytelling to story living almost, and I think in such like in such a rich world, in a world rich with you know video games and you know, cool apps and stuff like that. It's getting harder and harder. I mean, I know this as a photographer. It's getting harder and harder to actually not even make people care, but like make people pay attention because the um, the attention is so short. This attention span is just, you know, it's just seconds. And if you don't get somebody drawn to a story in seconds, it's, you know, you've, you've lost this person. I, I think it's crazy. You know, we could write a book, we could, could make a visual reportage with photographs even 10, 15 years ago. But now there's just so much content out there, you know, on these all of these websites and cool apps and Instagram and whatnot. So, I mean, we have to fight for our viewers' attention. So I think these new formats, I mean, they draw people because of their novelty, so people are drawn to the novelty, the tech predominantly, but then when they realize that it's not only tech, but there's actually a good story in there, I think that's what makes them care. I've seen a lot with virtual reality that, you know, it was just the first couple of minutes, it was just cool for people to be on an actual street and they were like, oh, wow, I can walk the street, I can go there, I can go here, it's interactive. Suddenly, yeah. Uh, a non-interactive story became uh, became interactive and you know sort of gave this interactivity in, uh, to the viewer and then in several minutes this sort of attention transforms into a desire to learn a story so i think with augmented realities it's something similar i mean despite the fact that there are a lot of discussions on the internet about augmented reality becoming the next big thing I still think there are not that many good projects done in AR. I mean, the, there is a lot, but they're all very short and sort of they're all like prototypes and tries and small thingies. But I don't think I've seen many good, coherent documentary projects done with AR. And comparing AR to VR, I think the good thing about augmented reality 
is that everybody has a phone. Everybody has a smartphone. And in this way, we can tell the story, as I've said, to thousands of people. The problem with the, with Maidan that you mentioned was that we only could get the, the project to a limited number of people across the world. Maybe I would say several thousand people saw it in the end. And there's just not too many. With AR, we can, you know, we can double, triple and just you know, make this make this number significantly bigger. Can you tell our audience what is the difference between virtual reality, VR, and augmented reality, AR, so that we could understand it better? Yeah, sure. So virtual reality, well, it's something that has been around for a long time. Basically, when you put on a helmet, like a VR goggles, VR, whatever VR thingy you put on your head, then it's virtual reality. Even 360 video, I'm just going to throw another variable in there. Even 360 video, spherical video, when you view it in a virtual reality headset, then it's considered VR. So whatever you view in a virtual reality headset is really VR. With augmented reality, it's something that works through the camera of your phone. So basically, well, because the, the phone can track you in space, a virtual space gets built around you, but you view it through a smartphone. Sometimes they call it magical window because you see the world around you on your smartphone screen. So there is nothing that you don't that you have to put on your head. It's just it's all on your smartphone screen. And yeah, augmented reality has countless possibilities as well as virtual reality. I think augmented is a little more easier for people to understand because they they interact with their smartphone so much and you don't need any additional tech. With VR, it's kind of tricky. You need a special headset. Sometimes it get, you have to connect it to a computer. Sometimes you don't, but it's still like you need this piece of tech to see virtual reality projects. Again, with AR, it's just your iPhone or Android phone or your tablet, and you're good to go. Probably in five or seven years, it won't be a problem because everybody will have their VR glasses and be able to use the technology of virtual reality. But indeed, it is very important that this project, this application will use the technology of augmented reality. So everybody with his or her smartphone could indeed use this application and to imagine his, him or herself in a, in a prison cell when uh, Ukrainian and other prisoners of Kremlin uh, found themselves. Let me remind that this project is run by Internews Ukraine under support by Ukrainian Cultural Foundation and it is joining a big Prisoners, uh, prisoners Voice campaign uh, run by the Center for Civil Liberties and drawing attention to the lives uh, of uh, prisoners of Kremlin still in prisons in occupied Crimea and occupied Donbass and in Russia. But Oleksiy, let me ask maybe a philosophical question. Uh, when we talk about technology today, it is often the case that we are, we, we are mentioning this kind of a, a dehumanizing effect of technology when people are talking much more with their smartphones rather than with their neighbors, with, with real people. But you're showing how the technology can have this humanistic approach, can be humane, how it can give us that experience, human experience um, that we don't have. Do you indeed believe that technology has this humanistic capacity? I do. 
I think I do because I guess otherwise I wouldn't be making all of these documentary projects that are sort of getting getting these important stories out there. Well, I just think, you know, I've been a visual storyteller all my life and I've used different means to tell stories. I've done photography, I've done videography, I've done 360 video as a first step to, uh, to virtual reality. I've done VR and now I'm making AR and we're even making, I'm not sure if, if maybe that's your next question, but now we're even making video games that would educate people, well, maybe not, educate is not the right word, but get people immersed in in the social issues. So I think actually games uh, is a great medium for that. I just think whatever works in the current time, I think for every story, there are, well, you can tell any story in any number of ways, but I just think for um, for different stories that are, that are different, better ways to tell it, I think Maidan was working perfectly in virtual reality. And I think Prisoner's Voice would also work in virtual reality, by the way, but I think in augmented reality, it's probably going to be even stronger. So, you know, I do believe in the humanistic power of new technologies and I wouldn't say I'm afraid. I just think whatever instruments that we have, we just have to use to get the stories out there to people. And probably in 10 years, you know, we will be telling stories on screens, on refrigerators or whatever. But I just think we have to use every possibility out there to get the important stories to people. I also wanted to add uh, and uh, tell our listeners that this is not the first time when we cooperate at Internews Ukraine, when we cooperate with Oleksiy Fulman, we also made several common projects using this technology of augmented reality or virtual reality for humanitarian and for social purposes, we made a project called Propagandarium when the technology of virtual reality was used to show people what what it is like to be a victim of propaganda, uh, what it is like to be immersed into these propaganda messages and propaganda ambience. We also made a project Life in a Suitcase when we tried to make people immerse into the experience of uh, internally displaced persons who were fleeing the, the war in Donbass and occupation of Crimea. But let me also mention another project which is made by Oleksy, and this is video game. The project is called uh, The Point of No Return, and it is trying to use this augmented reality technology uh, and video game uh, technology to kind of uh, make people feel the experience of a Ukrainian soldier who, uh, who is going uh, to the war, who is uh, getting wounded, who is trying to come back to real life. So uh, what, it, what it is like to make a kind of a video game out of a social cause? Yes, that is true. It's going to be a walking simulator. So, yeah, a video game. So can you tell us more about it? Um, yeah, so I've been working as a photographer on the story of the heavily injured war veterans coming back home with uh, physical and mental trauma. And um, at some point, I think I started thinking of turning the story, I mean, fictionalized, of course, because it's not going to be a, a hundred, well, it's not going to be a documentary story this time. It's a fictionalized story based on documentary material and reality, I guess. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be a walking simulator where you um, 
the person that decides to uh, to enlist and serve in the Ukrainian military and fight in the Donbass in East Ukraine. And uh, you get wounded. You come back home with physical and mental trauma. And uh, I think video games have been, uh, in the last 10 years, been trying to uh, experiment with reality and take documentary topics, integrate them inside games with various level of documentarity. I think making people relive in a video game something that real people have experienced is going to hopefully raise the level of awareness about what these men and women have gone through because i believe when you're you know when you're controlling a character that is interactive when you're learning the story you empathize with the main with the main character with the protagonist and then something happens to you and i think it's you know it can bring a totally different level of empathy so um yeah we started working on that and um thanks to the ukrainian culture foundation we will be creating a demo um until the end of october but this is a project that the team would like to work on further and actually turn it into a you know a whole game well when i say a whole game it's still i mean it's still going to be a you know nothing like a a video game that you might think of when you hear the words video game it's not going to be like i don't know assassin's creed or counter-strike or it's um it's really something closer to a film an interactive film where you uh that you watch something like 1917 where you uh, where you watch events but also you participate in them because you're controlling the character so yeah we would love to find additional financing and actually finish that project and you know, launch it as a full game in several years. Good luck with this and good luck with other projects in which you're using the technology to attain the social and humanitarian causes to help people be immersed into others' experience, experience of other people, especially those who are finding themselves in a very dramatic or tragic situation, including the Ukrainian or prisoners of Kremlin and other prisoners around the world. I let me remind to our listeners that uh, soon there will be a, an application uh, using this technology of augmented reality to show you, to show the users the uh, uh, the experience of prisoners of Kremlin and basically to which will be giving this chance to feel this experience and to be immersed into this experience. This application will be downloadable from the website of Internews Ukraine, ukraineworld.org, and from the website of Prisoner's Voice Campaign. So uh, check the uh, check in the internet and check these websites very soon. I hope this application will be another step to kind of raise sympathy to those people who are still in Kremlin prisoners. This was a Ukraine World podcast. We will, were talking with Oleksiy Fulman, a well-known Ukrainian uh, um, uh, visual storyteller, game designer, photographer, or author of inter interactive documentary projects. Uh, we were talking about this application, Prisoner's Voice. Um, this application is run by Internews Ukraine with support of Ukrainian Cultural Foundation and this podcast as well uh, is uh, implemented within the project run by uh, Internews Ukraine uh, and supported by Ukrainian Cultural Foundation. Ukraine World Podcast, uh, Explaining Ukraine, a series of podcasts and stay with us. <music>